This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. <laughs> the Podcast Playground. Taking a walk with Buzz Knight. Hi, this is Bill Porcelli. Uh, great to be here with Buzz Knight. Um, I've had a uh, 40-plus year career in the music industry. Uh, I've worked with some great songwriters and uh, producers, arrangers, and artists over the years. And happy to share it with, with Buzz, who I've known for a long time on the radio side. And... Uh, Looking forward to uh, sharing some stories and some uh, never-before-known facts, which uh, which will be fun to do. Looking forward to this. Oh, Bill, thank you for uh, taking a walk here on this day in Greenwich Village, Washington Square Park. We're right near NYU, and uh, do you take a walk in this area frequently? Yeah, you know, I, I have a... a a lot of work I do in Midtown and Uptown. I don't get downtown as much, but I love it. Uh, the great thing about New York, you know, you don't get to see many uh, tree-lined streets, which is incredible charm, particularly downtown in the village area, NYU area. They've got this charm. You just you're not used to seeing trees in in Manhattan, but uh, it's beautiful and and uh, it's it's great uh, having a walk with you. And there's a lot of characters that you uh, see in this. Uh Neck of the woods always as well, right? Yeah, well, that's an understatement, that's for sure. <laughs> right. And, you know, incredible artists over the years, you know. You, you see people singing and and uh, they're, they're, they're playing and, uh, you know, I, you never know who the next Taylor Swift is going to be. You know, you never know who the next big artist is going to be. But through the years, a lot of them started here. You know, they started, they played here and, you know, they... Uh, this this is a this is a launching pad for a lot of artists, and it's still to this day, you, you get some really really terrifically talented people that you see and hear. So it's it's always interesting place to come. Well, the reason I was excited there was a few reasons I was excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, one was certainly just uh, you know connecting with an old friend, which is what often 
uh, happens on the Taking a Walk podcast, but it's also many times reconnecting with, with new friends as well. But as a centerpiece is music. And, right. uh, you know, I've been fortunate to have some musicians on, uh, some folks from the music industry uh, as well. And uh, certainly uh, my personal love of music drives me to having guests such as yourself uh, on the podcast. Uh, talk about your love of music. Well, you know, it's look, it started as, I started as a songwriter, you know, that I, I wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, Backrack David, I wanted to be um, Lennon McCartney, I wanted to, you know, Barry Mann, I wanted to, I, I was a big fan of songs, and I started as a songwriter, and then I guess I came to that come to Jesus moment and, and just asked myself in the mirror, okay, uh, is, is this really for you? But I realized that I wanted to be in the industry, um, and I, I just love the process, songs, and you know, through the years, and writing sessions, and being in recording studios, I got to meet some people who were starting at the time, and now are incredible legends of the business, who... Uh, who have gone on to incredible things, but I, I knew I wanted to be in the business. I knew I wanted to to be around it. Uh, I, ideally, it would have been great as a songwriter, but you know what? I guess that wasn't meant to be, but I have no regrets on the decisions that I've made because, uh, you know, I, I've got, to, I've got to, to work with some really incredible people, people that I admired my whole life, and then one day, you know, you're you're in a recording studio with a Brian Wilson, you know, and you're or, or a Paul McCartney or, or or somebody of that stature, you know, you say, okay, I, I think I made the right decision. We'll talk about Brian Wilson first of all. I mean, you know, being in a, a studio and uh, and seeing the genius of Brian Wilson. Well, you know, I, Brian is just one of those living legends, icons. There's not many of them. And uh, certainly Brian is one. Oddly enough, he and Paul McCartney have had uh, their birthdays within a few days of each other, just turning 80. But um, look, Brian, you know, everything that has been said about Brian and all the legendary status is incredible. And uh, I, I worked, there's a good friend of mine, David Leaf, who worked with uh, Brian for years, initially introduced me to Brian. And um, it was at Ocean Way Recording Studios. He goes, I'm with Brian. We're making a Christmas album. And you know, he had Carney and Wendy with him. And he had his, uh, his mother in the studio with him. And uh, this was a number of years ago. But just seeing him at the board, you know, and it, it almost reminds me, seeing him at the board was like magical. It was like the first time I met Paul McCartney. First time I met Paul McCartney... And we were talking, I couldn't stop staring at his hands. I, for some reason, I got focused on his thick fingers and, and thinking about what he created. And I, I, he's talking to me, and I'm staring at his hands. I'm saying, oh my God, what the hell is he thinking? And the same with Brian, just thinking back of all the songs he wrote. You know, because at the end of the day, I'm a huge fan of songwriters. And producers, and you know, Brian, you know, has written some of the just insane classic songs that are going to be here, you know, for eternity. 
and um, just being around him and seeing seeing him it's not Brian of the 60s you know it wasn't Brian in his in his prime but it was still Brian and it was still you know he he knew what he wanted and he he, he was he was just his ears were just so tuned in to the music and to the production and he caught things that normally you wouldn't think he would catch, but he does, you know. I mean, even, you know, he's, he's certainly not at the level that he was, you know, in his prime, but he's, he's, he still had that magic of, of knowing how to make a record. And the nuances, right? The nuances. Yeah. Were in particular. Yeah. Like, noteworthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no question about it. No question. And he'll keep running it over and over and over. And, um... And people that were in the studio with him were just saying, well, this is Brian. He walks into a studio and the light goes on. It's something because, you know, Brian, it's, it's known of Brian's issues over the years as health issues. He's not 100% healthy. But when he goes into the studio, that's, the switch goes on. And it was fascinating to see. It really was. But but you, you just think back and you just try to take a picture in your mind for the memory banks. And that was one of them. That was one of them. Just being in that studio with him was uh, wow. was, was a real special you moment. Took, you took me there. I felt like I was there the way you were, you were describing it. So, you, you know, we really met when you worked for Paul McCartney. Right. And how long were you with... Uh, MPL? Well, MPL was interesting how I got there. Um, I had just come back. I was living in, in L.A. I came back and, I, and I, there was a position I took with the NMPA Harry Fox. NMPA's National Music Publishers Association. And, and essentially, it's an organization that represented publishers. Uh, and and the, the NMPA Harry Fox was the liaison between the owners of music publishers and the users of music TV producers, advertising agencies and what have you and um, I would contact publishers and this one publishing company constantly came up, MPL, MPL all these different eclectic interesting songs and um, I was working at uh, Harry Fox for about a, a, about a year and then apparently there was an opening coming up in the company, now I, I did a little research, I said you know, do you have? Do you have? Uh, I mean, this is a huge catalog. Uh, and 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 when I when I called up the manager there, Peter Silvestri, and I said, uh, you must you must have, you know, seventy five, hundred employees here. Go, oh, there there are seven of us. <laughs> seven. This is Paul McCartney's publishing company. I said, oh wow, interesting. Short time thereafter, they said, there's an opening here. Would would you be interested? So I, I took the meeting, and again, it was at a time where I was building a career, and I was never at any place more than a year and moving on. So I anticipated, okay, um, if I get this job, maybe I'll be here a year, make a couple of more bucks, and move on to the next thing. Well, that year turned into two decades and was, you know, the ride of a lifetime if you're in this business. Um, looking at the catalog, the body of work, 
the, the songwriters that I got to meet and, and, and represent their songs and, and was, was a gift and something that I, I will cherish forever and in, no regrets and it was, it was an incredible run. Wow. Yeah, well, I would say that's an understatement for sure, right? In- well, when you, when, you, when you represent catalogs like Jerry Herman, who I love Jerry Herman. Jerry was just a wonderful man and became a friend and the estate of Frank Lesser and Harold Arlen and, and then, uh, of course, Bob Gaudio and Bob Crew from the Four Seasons and we had that catalog. And some, you know, Freddie Paris in the still of the night. There were some, some great songs and, and great copyrights over the years. And I was fortunate enough to start as a um, song plugger, pitching songs for film, television, and advertising. And, you know, it, it, it kind of really took off uh, for me. And I started in the mid-'80s, but in 1987... There was a movie that had no budget. They needed songs from the 50s, 60s, but there was no budget, and we kind of had to negotiate uh, rights for this for this album. And I ended up getting four songs in the movie and the soundtrack, and uh, it ended up being "Dirty Dancing," and and it was a huge success uh, with CDs and. You know, and from there, I think the next big one happened to be uh, Unchained Melody and Ghost, another uh, Patrick Swayze movie. But then it just started to snowball. But to be honest, when you have, when you represent catalogs of these type of songs and songwriters, it makes your job easier. It really does, you know. And But I, uh, you know, to... to the relationships with with the crew and Gordio and 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 Jerry Herman and the Lesser family, uh, and the Harold Arlen family, were were, were just they were fabulous and um, and and having placed a, a number of songs over the years, you know, was was great. I mean, look, let's be honest. There are some some songs, certain certain directors that I've worked with, like Cameron Crowe. Cameron knows what he wants. And Cameron, Cameron decides on the songs, and he worked with a music supervisor partner, Danny Bramson, for years. But, but Cameron knew what he wanted. So it's basically, you know, you happen to have the song, you know, wonderful. And sometimes I'd rather be lucky than good. <laughs> sometimes you just have the song. You know, and then there are other times you get to suggest a song. And, you know, my... And I say it to to friends, my most prideful placement was um, the opening credits um, to a movie that's one of my all-time favorite movies. Just so happens, music consultant on the film, this woman named Arlene Fishback, came into the office, this is the early 90s, and she said, um, I don't have much... I, I don't need much music, particularly for this movie. Maybe I need something. It's, it's like opening credits. The main character, Andy Dufresne, is sitting in his car outside of a motel. His wife's having an affair. It's raining. There's a gun in the glove compartment. What's playing on the radio? And I, my first question was, well, what's, what's the time period? She goes, mid, mid to late 40s. 
I had just gotten off the phone about 15 minutes before she came in the office um, with, uh, with a songwriter that, um, uh, who, who happened to write If I Didn't Care by the Ink Spots. And so what happened was I just thought of that and we had a portion of the song and I said, um, well, what, what about the ink spots if I didn't care? And I think her, her next thing was, oh, it sounds good. So she went to Frank Darabont, the director, and then we found out um, uh, a few days later, you're in the film. Now, the one thing, I, I, uh, I, I'm not on the end credits, but I am acknowledged on the soundtrack, which is great. But uh, I never used to look for the credits because that wasn't the job. Your job was to just get it placed, do the job, and move on. And um, that's what I did. But if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have lobbied for a few more credits in films over the years. But look, there are some great placements and some you know, music consultants. I mean, there, there are other, other uh, chances that I had... Um, Remember, John Houlihan, to this day, is one of the top music industry supervisors. He was a consultant um, uh, early 90s on a film. He goes, I got this film. It's Mike Myers. He plays this weird, cra- crazy secret agent in, 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 in Britain. It's kind of a takeoff on, on British spies. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Jay Roach is directing it. And I need some 60s kind of psychedelic music. I, it's one of the first scenes, he go, walks into a club just before he meets Elizabeth Hurley. And I didn't really have many songs from that period. I said early 70s I said I got something late 60s that may work uh, and it was uh, Strawberry Alarm Clocks uh, Incense and Peppermints so when you see Austin Powers in the first movie go into the club that's Incense and Peppermints that's one of my suggestions you know so so those and, and you see these these movies and these they're on they're on television uh, you see them every every week and I, and I say oh my gosh I, I wish I would have put my name on that one you know but as you were describing it I, I had this picture of when you walk in to buy a suit at, at a tailor and uh, the you know the, the tailor says well maybe this because of this collar and uh, your recommendation mode for a placement sounds the equivalent of a fine tailor uh, fitting someone for a suit. Well, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Like I, said, like I said, there are certain directors, they know what they want. Nora Epron knew what she wanted. Nora was very good. Penny Marshall was like that. We did League of Their Own. I had a choo-choo chaboogie in there. and uh, But Nora, within the wee small hours of the morning, and we did The Sleepless in Seattle, and and when Harry met Sally, and there's so many different movies. Mike said uh, Cameron Crowe, another director, knew what he wanted. But there's some directors, you know, you can make recommendations. And, um, and so that, uh, it, it, you know, you, it, you watch a scene, like I watch a scene or I watch a commercial, and, and in many cases, you know, you could probably, one of 20,000 songs could fit in that spot. Why does that one resonate so much? You know, uh, you don't know. Sometimes it just clicks, you know. Sometimes it clicks. Why does this movie work or this TV show work, you know? Why does it not work? Um, but, um, 
but uh, having a little luck helps. But when you're dealing with these incredible songs, and again, we're talking about, I was fortunate enough, my success, you know, had to do with the songs I represented, you know, and, uh, and I just represented just great songs and songwriters. So uh, my job was just not to screw it up, you know. <laughs> you working on anything now you want to talk about? Well, I, 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 there's a couple of things that I can't talk about it because I have confidentiality agreements that I, I maybe... Looks like I'll be getting back into publishing in a pretty significant way. But I'm working with a couple of major labels and major publishers as a consultant on, uh, on what we're talking about, on film and television. And, you know, that's all relationships. You know, I mean, you've got to know the studio executives and the music supervisors. And you know, it, it, anything comes down to having relationships. But it doesn't hurt when you're representing incredible catalog you know, credible catalog of, of, of songs. But, um, so I, I keep busy, but publishing, uh, which has been my strength over the, over the decades, looks like I'll be doing that um, in, in, in a pretty significant way once again, soon. Nice. I love the teaser. Thanks for sharing the joy of uh, music and songs. And uh, sure. thanks for the relationship over the years. Oh, it the, means the world, Bill. More, more to come. And if you have any questions or anything like that, I'd be happy to, uh, happy to have another conversation. And thanks for taking a walk. All right. Thank you. Good. Thanks, Buzz. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.